When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Josh. Hi, and it's Joe. And you're about to listen to another great episode of the movies that made me. Uh, just want to give you a heads up. Many of the movies. Occasionally, we'll talk about something that's pretty obscure and has never come out on video. Most of the movies we talk about on the show are available at MoviesUnlimited.com, which is the movie collector's website. Yeah, don't waste your time streaming or looking for your favorites on TV. You can own them. Physical media, babies. Yes, go to the TrailersFromHell.com website. Click the Movies Unlimited banner on the website and you can buy your favorites from them or go right to MoviesUnlimited.com. Shipping is always free on orders over $50. Movies, movies, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, that was off the record, off the recording. However, uh, just to reiterate, I am going to be on your show, I'm, uh, which is this in the second season thank of you. a very well-received uh, history of horror. History of horror. History of horror. Which uh, has, you know, it's been done before, but not... It, this is a little different because, you know, uh, since people are going away left and right, yeah. you know, the idea of recording them and getting them with posterity and, and getting them in a group that you can, you can, you can put things in a context that, you know. Yeah. It's all, it's also fun to take the, to watch people sort of nerding out about other directors' movies. Like I loved when I read in Fangoria that you were friends with Toby Hooper and John Lennon. Like it's, that was the coolest thing. Yeah. When yeah. you realize directors you love are friends with other directors yes. you love. Um, but also, you know, the movies, everyone talks about the movies on their own DVD, but there's not a lot where people are kind of putting into a social historical context of when it was made. And right. I, I really, you know, I got the idea. I was thinking it or was after. Yeah. You know, for the yeah. And you can yeah. juxtapose them. Yeah. You know, uh, you can juxtapose one person's comment with another person's comment, which you can't do on a DVD. Yes, it's it's fun. I mean, I've seen a lot of clip shows like Greatest Kills, but to have people talking kind of in a historical context. Yeah. Also, just, you know, every, we were losing all these these great, great directors. And when Wes dies and Toby and Romero, like he, all their stories go with them. Yeah. And it's just sad that there isn't, you know, unless you go back to the old, some old interview they did on a DVD, to get them specifically. Or a laser disc. Or a laser, a disc. laser disc. Yes. Or a VHS. Yeah. Uh, and you have to go back to so HL. you're saying is I, I got invited on the show because you think I'm going to die soon. Is that what well, you're saying? Well, yes. It looks so healthy. <laughs> no, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a fun show. The other thing that's it it's funny about AMC is they're like, they'll bleep out the language and we got to <laughs> watch it with the nudity, but you can have eyeballs, decapitations. I have it's wondered about that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All of the kills that we can put in. The show, like the slasher episode, it's so gory. <laughs> but it's great to hear like Jordan Peele talking about Gremlins and how Jordan was using Christmas music going up the stairs. That Gremlins was the movie that gave him the idea of, oh, wow, like the, the whole music in the opening, the Run Rabbit Run song in the opening of Get Out is very much inspired by the scene on the stairs with Christmas mm -hmm. when she's going up the stairs. Joe, so, do you hear what I hear? Do you hear what I hear? Yeah. <laughs> it's. it's it. But I keep telling him, it's like the guy's the biggest gremlin fans alive. You can probably get him on the show. Joe's like, oh. And he played me one. He what? He played me. He played Joe. He played me. Jordan Peele? In his. Uh, oh, no, I know. In the thing, I know. That's what I'm saying. Why hasn't he been in his on parody? The, you know. Which was actually completely accurate. I'm, I'm saying, would you. This, this is what I have to deal with. 
It's like well, I don't know him. That, it's easy. Just ask him. I'm sure he'd be happy to I do can't it. imagine a universe. See, if I Jordan... just hung around on his set as all these people come in. I, I, I thought about that. Them. I was like, I should show up a few hours early so you can it's see fun. it. Just leech it's, off it's a great them. crowd. It's, it's fun to see who's into it. And everyone's coming out. Like people, it's been really nice. Where are you shooting this now? This one is just in, just right over in Glendale. Like yeah. very close to here. Yeah. Not too far. So yeah, we're shooting a block next week. And then the last one block, okay. I think, is in February. So. I'll get back to her. Great. Yeah, just show up early and just grab whoever comes before yeah. or after. I'll bring a tape record. Yeah, I'm sure Eli won't mind if we just steal all of his guests. Do it. And you guys, get out uh, of the way out. Get like a butterfly um, net. I also, I want to have identified our guests. Uh, we never do, Joe. We get there. This is the part where we chat beforehand and they say terrible things about people and we blackmail them. And then there's usually a moment. Where say, we I know, but before we get it, I did want to do on real podcast. I wanted to ask, like, we're we're getting to the point, you know, because we're just this is just us. You know, we're like, hey, let's go talk to people we like about movies. And it's turned into this thing. And we get a lot of, right. I was amazed. We were off for a while. We kind of blew that. We should have, because we went off in like October. And I was like, oh, we'll come back in a month. And I find out nobody listens to podcasts in December. So we were gone for two months. But even while we were gone, there was this consistent, like people are still listening to the show. And we're just because we're, you know, neither of us do this for a living. We're slowly getting around to the fact that we need to start bringing on sponsors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we um, wouldn't call it a living. And, uh, well, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but it's like, there's a, so, it's so fun. like what I want you the, so I want to ask you, like, if you were on this show and we had to stop in the middle to like plug, I don't know, like, see, it's, 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 you do better if you do it personally. So like I had this thought that, that we Chesterfields. Yeah. <laughs> like, would that throw you out of the thing? Would you be out? Would, would also, would you feel like you were being co-opted into yeah, my thought was no, like, not at all. I mean, whether I've done Chris Jericho's podcast or sometimes they'll put like, they'll go, now let's just take a break for the sponsor and then they'll insert right, it, they do it later. And then it is them reading it, but they don't do it literally right in front right. of you. Right, right. So and I think you do better like, if we're going to get right to, and then it starts, you know, like Brett Easton Ellis, when you yeah. do those, they're sponsors that like you, that way it doesn't get interrupted, but it's Got still, it. there's a pause where you guys know. Because I, I like the, the um, like put in a break. I like the sort of live at well, I think the sponsor likes it too, because yeah. then the guest is part of the. Sound. Well, you're also married to the episode. Nobody would care. No one would care. Nobody anything. would care. Like, how about if we went? Because you know, I, I went, you guys are holy like, cow, Joe. Look at it. It's, it. it's been two hours. We've been talking to our guests for two hours, and I had such a good time. It's a good thing I'm wearing adult diapers because I've pooped in my pants. <laughs> right. And then, and you then you, as our that. guest, goes, "Wow, I smelled nothing." And then we yeah. have we have Eli Roth endorsing you, adult diapers. I think diapers you have for, to write. By the way, our guest. <laughs> Is that I just got him to endorse adult diapers? I didn't tell you about this. You don't have to twist my arms. <laughs> Anyone knows me. This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. Our guest is Eli Roth, um, who is, who is, uh, I mean, I, I, we, we don't really give an introduction to anybody, um, but we're certainly not going to give you one. My God, you're Eli Roth, uh, who is, who is. Who uh, did one of our best uh, episodes of Trailers from Hell. Well, he's done other things. Roll, oh, maybe we do have, you know, he makes roll, movies. School. Rock and Roll Hebrew School. That's right. Rock, <laughs> I love Trailers from Hell. They're so fun. Come do more. Come um, do more. Yeah, Rock and Roll um, Hebrew School. That's but, uh, but Eli and. Um, uh, obviously, we have fanny work. I, I met you at um, 
uh, I, people know people know this, and then people don't know this. Um, I, I met you first at a Masters of Horror dinner. Yes, I remember and, that. And uh, uh, I thought, you know, I was like, oh, there's Eli Roth, and I have no idea what I had in my head. You're gonna, Eli walks up to me, like just one of the nicest, sweetest people you'll ever meet, and that was kind of my introduction to that whole group of folks, all of whom. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Thank you. No, they're they're the nicest. I mean, it's like right? that's, they would be. Yeah, they're the people you'd want like to babysit. Yeah, kind of. And I would say of the bunch, you make some of the most kind of depraved, orgiastically violent uh, films of the. I mean, like anybody who didn't know you would look at these movies and go, "That dude's fucked up." But I, my theory is, tell me if I'm wrong. It's people getting out of their system. Oh yeah, for it's sure. It's like all the worst stuff gets out. So then you're yeah, just you like, don't, it's also when you're well behaved, you think, "What's the like this mischievous side of you?" Is like, "What's the worst thing I could do?" Be like, and and. I grew up in Newton, which, Massachusetts, which is considered now it's like the safest city in America. Or it's in the top <laughs> ten. And I would always think like, well, what if, what if someone just came with a chainsaw and just chopped their heads up? And I really thought about this. And I think it's because being of the generation where my parents were kids in like just at the tail end of World War II, like my dad was born in 38. So being in Brooklyn in the 40s and 50s, all these people would come back from with stories about the Nazis and the tattoos and the camps. Right. and um, my immediate family wasn't in it, but there were branches of my family, like my grandmother's cousins that who came from Austria and Poland. Anyone that didn't get out was killed. Right. So you grow up with this thing where my parents, my, my dad's a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst. So he just has this very matter of fact way of speaking about like unspeakable tragedy. He'd say, you know, we'd be at dinner and he'd be like, well, you know, it's selection. The Nazis could just come right up to you and that was it. They'd shoot you or they'd put you in the gas chamber. And, you know, they just, the Jesus, way they thanks, talked Dad. about what the Nazis God. used right. to do and turning people into furniture. And I was like, but I don't, it's, you, so like we could just be sitting here having dinner and then they would show up, which is exactly what happens in American World in London. That's like literally my nightmare. That was the scariest thing I'd ever seen because that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. Like Nazis mm. would just show up and machine gun us that it just starts to get in your brain of like, well, whatever I'm thinking of, it's certainly not as bad as what the Nazis did. So sort of your threshold for what is extreme violence right. in the context of the Holocaust, in the context of your parents bringing it up at every single meal all the time, <laughs> compulsively, just this casual conversation, it's just sort of suddenly, you know, chopping off someone's head in a movie. It's just, it's hilarious. Right. And then I saw Monty Python, The Holy Grail. Yeah. And that was the one where I just thought, my God, you can do this for comedic effect. Yeah. This yeah. is a movie that's on in the afternoon. That's a comedy, and they've just chopped the arms off, like, and the killer rabbit, of blood. and the blood spray, <laughs> uh, arterial yeah. spray. It is the it arterial just spray. Felt like so, that. like mischievous. Like, yeah. and I was that kid. Like, I'd love to do, you know, tell the joke that you could get away with that. Like, it would totally disrupt the class. But if the joke was smart enough, your teacher's like, okay. That's a really funny joke, but don't do that again. Like the joke had <laughs> yeah. to be so funny yes. that I had to look the teacher in the eye and go, you, you have to admit that's a great joke. And, <laughs> and I had teachers that had sense of humor. So they sort of knew that I was like the class clown, but it wasn't to make trouble or get attention. Right. It's like, if I saw an opportunity, I compulsively had to take it. I know. I completely relate. I had a, we had a, in ninth grade English, we had a teacher who eventually was the one who put me on the path of being a writer. It was amazing. But, but her name was Janet Goldstein and she was, Everybody was terrified of her. You, all you heard was horror stories. About she would just destroy you, and she was this battle axe, and she was this monster. And and day one of her class, when you finally get there, she had you write an essay. Like, what do you? What are your expectations? What do you feel like when you found out? You know, you're in my class. And I think everybody ended up writing. You know, oh, I'm so thrilled to be with this. I wrote something like, I feel like O.J. Simpson at a Klan rally. 
Wow. And, <laughs> and she was going through and going, yep, yep, yep. And she looked at one and it smiled and she just looked at me and nodded. And <laughs> like, you get it. I was just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still in touch with her to this day. Yeah, I know there I are teachers her. that I had. Like, I remember my science teacher, Mr. Babke. Um, he's like, so what'd you do yesterday? I was like, I watched Scarface again. He's like, what are you up to? I'm like, that's probably 56 times I've seen it. <laughs> he's like, do the scene where, and I would just have to like, quote Scarface just it's like pushing a play button and then I remember I rented Texas Chainsaw I'd rented like six movies and one of them was Texas Chainsaw Massacre and for some reason I hadn't gotten to the last 10 minutes of the movie or I had it in my bag and I was going to return it after school and he's like what's in your backpack I was like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and he takes the keys and like gets the AV person opens up the AV room and the two of us sat there and we watched the last 50 I remember kids were like this is in like seventh or eighth grade right. kids were like where were you I was like I was watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre with Mr. Babke <laughs> And then after I made Cabin Fever, because he was sort of like the Don Johnson of our school. Like he wore the Hawaiian shirts. He had the look. Nice. Like he was very, very Miami Vice. And after I made my first film or like Hostel or something, I went, I was back and, and I like randomly like crashed his class Fantastic. and started teaching. And I was like, you got to realize like there, there are those defining moments yeah. where you think, wow, I'm a weirdo. I'm going to get in trouble for this. And that teacher goes, that's awesome. Yeah. And you well, go, those All right. good teachers too. Yeah. Very, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. The important no accident that you both went into show business. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, but I mean, can you imagine today? Like, a, a t I mean, I would imagine you would lose your job instantly if a teacher threw the last 10 minutes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre on for a student. I got in trouble in 1984 for spoiling gremlins. I, I went <laughs> in, cool. I was like describing the breakdown. The teacher was like, Eli, you're not allowed to suck gremlins because enough kids in the class hadn't seen it. Of course, I saw it <laughs> okay, so I'm with them there. That, that. I, I agreed. I got it. I was like, okay, I get yeah. it. I get it. <laughs> that is fantastic. And that feels like it might even be a segue into your topic a little bit. Yeah, my topic. You know, it's funny because on podcasts, I've talked about horror movies and classic movies and great movies. But I feel like there's a subgenre. There's a whole treasure chest of movies that don't really get the attention that they deserve. But when you start That's talking to here. people, they just suddenly are like, oh, you realize that, okay, yeah, why do we only talk about Lawrence of Arabia? Or if I talk about horror movies, I talk about Halloween. Why don't we talk about great movies like Modern Problems and Going Ape and Hunk and Hamburger the Motion Picture? And you just start <laughs> Wait, laughing. I think I have an answer to that you question. Know, well, the answer is obvious because they're terrible movies. But- but at Hunk. the time, when you're 11 years old, they're, they're works of art. And there was a, see, I got caught at the age where cable TV came in when I was like 10 or 11 years old. So the novelty of watching a movie at your house that was uncut, uncut was like, you can't, Boobies. like, you couldn't imagine. Like what, I guess when YouTube first started, like there's no, like, or when FaceTime first came out, like, like that sensation of, wow, we could watch a movie and it's not censored and there's no commercials and it'll be on again. So also there was a whole bunch of movies that you didn't get to see or you had never seen that were, you know, there's a Billy Crystal joke, you know, what does HBO stand for? Hey, Beastmaster's on. And it's true because <laughs> Beastmaster is like the classic cable movie. So I wanted to, it's like- Don Coscarelli. Don Coscarelli. So like yes. when you think about the movies that made me, I can talk about, you know, the gremlins. I can talk about the classics. I can talk about Jaws changed my life. Well, those are the ones you want to have made you. Like, you know, Back to the Future. Like, right. I can talk about these gremlins, like the seminal movie-going experiences. I remember, yeah. like, very vividly watching The Howling. You know, all of your films. There's so many movies. But also, there are some terrible movies 
that just because they were on, and I'm, I mean, I have to talk about modern problems. Chevy Chase is Max Fiedler. Johnny Tuna. An air traffic controller who's losing control. 350. Hold there, friends. 350 for Tuna? Copy your connection. Coming in at 350 from Tunis. Not you, Tunis. Maintain 325. He lives a modern life. With a modern girl. Modern friends. And modern problems. What seems to be the problem here? Well, his girlfriend moved out on him yesterday and she took everything in the apartment and now she's here with some guy. That's fair enough. She wanted it, she took it, he let her. Everybody dumps on Max. Until a nuclear shower gives him the power and a green light it's true to get even because ken shapiro directed two movies modern problems and the groove tube and the groove tube we loved it was like kind of a cult classic you watch it and modern problems had chevy chase kind of post caddyshack (laughs) with telekinetic powers with (laughs) dabney coleman and nell carter and the tubes did the theme song that's right oh my god I must have watched this movie 150 times. It is, he's driving in a car and there's a truck full of toxic waste that spills on him. So now he can make like a ballerina's balls explode. He makes the ties blow up. It was just, it's so bad. It's just, there's absolutely nothing, there's no redeeming qualities to it other than the fact that it's a great, terrible 80s movie. And did you, when you were, um, uh, by the way, I also want to say, I was just saying to Joe before he got here, you know, I grew up in Philadelphia. We were the last major city to get cable. So anytime I okay. visit friends, in fact, I go see my grandmother in yeah. Massachusetts where I do some yes. know, kids and, and I would get to watch cable, but they would always rub in that they had access to this stuff. And so for years I would just kind of live through it, you know, vicariously. But I do remember, yeah, that, that thrill of turning on television and there are no commercials. Oh and yeah. they say shit and there are naked women. And there's was, boobs and there's, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, insane. We, the whole, you know, that we'll get into this kind of Skinamax after dark. But imagine, you know, explaining <laughs> to like my, my 20 something year old nephew who's, you know, has seen every sex act there is on YouTube. You but know, you can pick up your phone how, and literally watch and you could yeah. think of any combination of Absolutely. anything. And if it's not on the internet, you'll feel ripped off. Yeah. You'll be like, yeah. but I just made that up. It doesn't <laughs> exist. But back then, but yeah, so, you know, a movie like Hunk, which I own a 35 millimeter print of now, which I got for, I think, $30, just to have it. Because I feel like if anyone should have it, it's me. Uh, <laughs> Hunk, directed by Lawrence Bassoff, who directed a terrible 80s movie called Weekend Pass. Oh, yeah. Weekend Pass. We- Down through history, the devil has appeared in many different forms, tempting men with fantasies beyond their wildest dreams. But the damnedest thing he ever did was changing an ordinary Bradley Brinkman into a handsome, heroic, incredible hunk. What about my old body? Hunk, one hell of a fantasy. Rated PG. It's where a guy named Bradley Brinkman makes a deal. James Coco plays the devil. And Bradley Brinkman uh, finds there's like a sexy minion of the devil named O'Brien, which is always kind of a weird name. And Bradley Brinkman gets his wish and he turns into hunk golden and hunk, hunk golden is like yes. the typical 80s beefcake and the o'brien's like advising him. she's like a hunk hunk doesn't follow the fat fashion trends a hunk makes his own rules and cuts the sleeves <laughs> off his shirt it's such a bad movie and then i was reading i was like oh yeah that was brad pitt's first movie he was an extra in it oh wow brad pitt is an extra in hunk in one of the beach scenes but there there are <laughs> movies like stooge mania at work he's a scream you're an idiot i'm sorry mr cruel 
That's Trump. That play, he's a disaster. You never can tell what he's going to do or say. <laughs> Howard, just for today, don't uh, do or say anything, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He must be locked away. <laughs> he must see a doctor. Yeah, right. Nice. Smack him in the face. No, that's it. Now punch him in the stomach. No, give me those fists. Poke him in the eyes. That's it. Do not fall in love with this man. It's about the people Stooge. that Stooge Mania, directed by Chuck Workman. You know, you see all those like I don't know Chuck Stooge Workman. Mania. Oh, Stooge Mania is amazing from '86. <clears throat> um, when you watch those, mo- they used to have those montages of like great movie clips, like edited by Chuck Workman. It was on the Academy Awards. Well, he was directing Stooge Mania about people that are so addicted to the Three Stooges, they have to go to Stooge Hill. And it's Stooge Hill. There's like the people that are the Moes, that are the Larrys, that are the Curlys. <laughs> It's people that are like completely obsessed with this. Wait, is it a documentary or is no, it? It's a, a real movie. It's a, re- it's a, it's a real uh, movie. It's, it's a narrative it's like, feature. It's a narrative feature. It's in. It's probably in the league of the Whoopi Boys. If you've ever seen the Whoopi Boys, was another one. It's their attitude. Your mama's a blowfish. It's worldly. I'm fluent in several languages. Honky being one of them. Spontaneous. Are these real? Personal. Nowadays, it is refreshing to meet a girl with curable diseases. When you want it all. Planes. Islands. Money. You gotta have the right attitude. Surprise! Oh, and would you like to disco? Whoopi boys. You need help. You need professional help. Now, the Whoopi boys with Michael O'Keefe and Paul Rodriguez where they're like these slobs that get sent. It was like, they thought this movie was going to be Caddyshack. Paramount thought this movie was going to be like a huge, huge hit. Like, wow, we have Michael O'Keefe and Paul Rodriguez. And God, is this movie, this movie's just Denholm Elliott's in it. So they get sent. It's basically like the jokes are this. It's like <laughs> Paul Rodriguez, they're with these fans. It's Eddie Deason, blindfolded, oh, Eddie drinking Deason. like water, going, this is a fine white wine. Like they take these... <laughs> These mongrels, and they try to like educate them and teach them to be like cultured young men. So they all get, and of course, you know, the Whoopi boys, they really turn things upside down at that stuffy academy <laughs> boy. Paul Rodriguez, the jokes did are not see that coming. The jokes are Paul Rodriguez taking a banana and like sticking it in and out of a turkey, out of like a turkey's ass, going like he's like having sex and he just starts going, Amadeus, 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 Am-. and you're like, that is nothing. <laughs> I don't understand why. <laughs> why a it's like is banana and a turkey. Beat? But that's the joke. It's just it's, <laughs> so. Of course. Then when you're at dinner with your brothers, the next time there's like a turkey dinner or but oh, like, you, you know, there you, you just, go. You can't. It's just one of those movies. Um, it's so bad, but we watched it over and over and over. And then other movies like look. Well, I want. I want because Joe was uh, there was a nod. You you've seen Stooge Mania. I've I mean, because you've seen everything. I feel like I have not seen everything. But I actually feel like that. we're going to run into a bunch you haven't. But I I felt like there was that glimmer of recognition. With yeah. Stooge well, Mania. how can you not? Right. Well, I I, <laughs> I didn't heard the done. plot. Uh, <laughs> is and, and did you uh, are you a fan? Uh, I I wouldn't exactly put it that way. <laughs> right, uh, but I certainly appreciated my one viewing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies where if you're if you're like twelve or thirteen, right. it's really like viewing twenty or thirty where it kicks in. Like for us, that was. <laughs> I remember. Remember when you had time? Yes. Well, that's the thing. Is that you, was... had, you had time. It's like if you got your homework done, you yeah. had time to watch cable. It was like get home, get your homework done as quickly as possible, so you could and watch Stooge Mania again. Hamburger. The other thing was we 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 figured out. I got like a VHS. I figured out how to run cable through my VHS to put it out through a boombox. So we had speak of boombox speakers. So we started audio recording movies. So we audio yeah. recorded Hamburger the Motion Picture. I 
Are your parents encouraging you to get a college education? Let me kill him! Have we got a school for you? Forget Harvard. Forget Princeton. Learn to earn big bucks fast. Beef plus buns equal bucks. Come to Buster Burger University. Fall in over here. And see Hamburger, the motion picture. We're here to learn to run a Buster Burger franchise. Now, Hamburger, the motion picture is another one where they go to Buster with Dick Butkus, where they go to uh, Chuck McCann, where they go to Buster Burger Academy. It's like a parody of McDonald's University. Um, ironically directed by Mike Marvin, who did Hot Dog, the movie. Why well, did Hot Dog and Hamburger? He did Hot Dog and Hamburger. <clears throat> I'm waiting wow. for him to do, when is he going to do pizza? Yeah. <laughs> Or is he going to get into condiments? Condiments, something. You know, but Ketchup, well, the movie. Hot Dog was one of my favorites, even though it has. No, it was all about the hot dogging. Like if you were doing, if you're skiing, because we're East Coast, you know, and you're in Vermont and someone does like some crazy move where they're doing a helicopter or like, I forget the one where you like bend your knees and you touch the back of your head with your skis. They'd say, oh, that guy's hot dogging. Right. He's a hot dog. That was the 80s term for the guy I, in yeah, the spider. Yeah. So Hot Dog, the movie, was like a whole movie of like, you know, those, those rascals, they got to beat, you know. Oh, so it wasn't actually about hot dogs, whereas hamburger. Well, it's hamburger. Exactly. So it's like, it was about him. Yeah. This one was sunny side up, sunny side down, <laughs> sunny side all the way around. It's like the German skiers come in and David Naughton and his ragtag group oh, of skiers. Oh, right. That's, it's the David Naughton ski movie. Okay. Yes. I have seen this. Yeah. Where <laughs> the character squirrel gets blown in the gondola. And when you're like 11, you're like, I can't wait to like be old enough to go skiing. <laughs> Because so then I'll have sex in a gondola. In a gondola You're yes. waiting online. You get separated from your friends. You get paired up with a hot girl, and everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> oh, They're like Jesus gondola Christ. sex. If you see this, it's that kind of a movie. So, the director Mike Marvin then goes on to make Hamburger, the motion picture, which is actually about hamburgers. Yes. Um, Russell Proko, he's a he's a troubled lad, but he's like kind of the blonde '80s rascal. He goes roommates with Fred Domino. And they're going to learn to run the Buster Burger franchise with Drill Sergeant Druton, the played by Dick Butkus. He's going to show these kids a thing or two. They're not just going to, you know, breeze through this. So Hamburger, the motion picture is one of those movies where it was like, I remember it was like one in the morning. Like when you had, you'd have a sleepover with your friends and you would just dare, like who, whoever, who could stay up the latest? Like if you went to sleep at one or one thirty, it was like, you know, you were the biggest pussy and everyone <laughs> had the right to make fun of you the next day. Of course. Hamburger, the motion picture came on and we were, we would record everything. So my brother had taped it and they were like, I, the, I woke up and I was shamed the whole next day. I was like, I can't believe you missed hamburger. And they're all quoting it and they're all making jokes from it. And I had missed it. So of course, and then I had to catch up on it and we recorded it, audio recorded it. We're like, why learn the crucible? Like why learn Shakespeare right. when you could learn it by heart and kids would get in our car. <laughs> like I remember driving on a trip to Maine and some kids like, I, we had to fucking listen to Hamburger the most. Oh, so you, I was about to ask you, did you ever actually listen to these tapes? The whole time. Driving wow. to school every day. Wow. Because instead <clears throat> of listening to the radio, we would have I the thought... audio tapes of like these terrible yeah. movies and just put them in our car and you're just driving to school. And then kids wanted to come in our car because it was such a would. weird novelty <laughs> of listening to, you know, dialogue from, you know, disorderlies. Now, here's my question. Somewhere there's another kid at the same time who was doing this exact same thing. And that kid did not go on, sadly, to, you know, I mean, it's because everyone has to be going, hey, Eli's guy, this is a little weird what this guy's doing. It's, they have to be worried about you a little bit. Well, but it worked out. It worked but out. I'm saying somewhere That's there's a kid doing the same thing and it didn't work out. And everyone's going, see, I told you. Politics. And it, yeah, well, yeah. 
but you know, it's, it's, uh, I always feel for those guys. Well, I, it's, you know, I always say they, they laughed at me in my bar mitzvah. I was cutting half yeah. of the chainsaw at my bar mitzvah and they were like, and the rabbi's like, what do you want to do? I was like, I'm going to be, this is like in front of the congregation. It's like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to be a motion picture producer director. He's like, well, I don't understand. Do you want to be a producer or a director? I was 12 and I was like, well, I, I, I want to be both. Cause really it's the only way to re- retain control of your cut. <laughs> <laughs> this is my rabbi, Rabbi Cheel in Massachusetts. It's just like, I don't know what you just said, but okay, uh, producer. You're talking about a bris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And I was like, well, you know, Kubrick was Jewish and he produced and directed. So I, I was like, I was just a weird kid. And, and people used to say to my parents, like, how could you let him be into the stuff and into these movies? Meanwhile, our house became like the house you wanted to sleep over at because we had a basement with all the cable and all the videos. So kids, it was just like a run. And I have two brothers spaced out two years older than younger. So they're always about like six to eight people hanging right. out at the house, which is enough to play like street hockey and wrestling, like just all kind of stuff in the basement. It was like, we would just gather. And, the, and those are some of the greatest memories because if a movie came on, you know, like a stooge mania um, or a Jekyll and Hyde together again. All I can tell you is that something unexpected and horrible is happening to me. I change into another person. An animal. Dr. Jekyll? Yes, I am Dr. Jekyll. It's Jekyll and Hyde together again. The comedy that examines modern living through chemistry. Rated R. Oh, Jekyll and Hyde. Jerry Belson, right? Isn't that, uh, wasn't that Mark Blankfein? Mark Blankfein. Yeah. yeah, Jekyll yeah. and Hyde together again. I just remember watching that movie, waiting for a joke, and the guy busts in. <laughs> I was just like waiting for a joke to happen. Night Patrol is another one. Night Patrol. Night um, Patrol is another great one with Linda Blair and the Unknown Comic. They were trained at the police academy. They were toughened on the streets of L.A. And now they're ready for Night Patrol. All right, you guys, prepare for inspection. All right, officers. I want to clean up the city. Officer 7 and 9, take the Hollywood area. Yes, yes. Now, oh, this is the toughest part of town. Officers 2 and 6. Yes, yes sir. Kind of town. Yes, yes sir. sir. We've got you completely surrounded. And officers 4 and 1. All right, you guys take the part. Ooh, that means we get to wear our dress. Like yeah, that's, that's oh my God, that's Jackie Kong, the director. Blood Diner, you're right. Yes, that is Jackie. Who Bob. was my my second job? Wow. Uh, in Hollywood, was I was wow. production coordinator right, yeah. on? Um, uh, I think it came out as the Underachievers, which was a film she did after. Yeah. Night Patrol. And Billy Barty's in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was one because he. Um, uh, I, I got to know him on Best of the Universe. Wow. He was not happy with it. He talked about the experience of making this movie where the director had inexplicably dubbed farts over every scene he was in. <laughs> And I remember I'm going off to work a year right. later for Jackie Cogger. I'm like, oh, let me watch this old film. And here comes Billy. And I hear, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this is that movie Billy was talking about. By the way, a, a Billy Barty, this is like the classic example of a, of a cable movie that I'm talking about with Billy Barty was Under the Rainbow with Chevy Chase. Oh, and Carrie yeah. Fisher. Well, that actually played theaters. It played in theaters. But yeah, if you but missed it, was, it yeah. for the two days that it played did. in theaters, <laughs> so that had quite a following. It oh, was on, yeah. yeah, that was like a crazy movie that was, yeah, but yeah. Billy Barty. Um, I still feel like there's an actual, there's a good movie to be made about that particular. No, that building is still there. The building well, is still there. City, yeah, so but really? let's go back into it because yeah, that's you know it's vaguely based on true stories. There's a lot less little people in in the in the building now. Well, yeah, yeah. But there was a whole like private trilogy 
like any movie that started with private, yeah. you know, would be good. There was private school yeah. for girls with Phoebe Cates, Matthew Modine, private yeah. lessons, mm-hmm. private lessons with Sylvia Crystal, uh, and private resort, private Johnny resort. Depp and Rob Morrow, <laughs> like some, like that kind of movie. Anything that started with private that was R rated, you just knew there were going to be boobs, and that was really the goal. It's be good. Because if you were, because mm. it was hard, you know, you had to be eighteen to get Playboy magazines. There weren't really right. hardcore magazines that you know. But and so actually seeing breasts as a teenager, sure. if you were like a total nerd and you had absolutely no skills with the opposite sex, and it just wasn't going to happen in live ever, then your best shot was watching these movies on cable. Like Zapped, which was Zapped was really oh, one of my Zapped. favorite movies. There was more to Barney Springboro than his mind. There was more to Peyton Nichols than what met the eye. Smile! And on that day when Barney got the power, it was Peyton who knew exactly what to do with it. I can make things fly around. I can move things. He guided Barney. I got it all figured out. You do your thing. We'll make a fortune. And he advised him in the fine art of dealing with parents. In the mysterious ways of women. Wow. And in the unpredictable laws of chance. You're a winner. Together, they used the power and took the world for a ride. (laughs) And found their way into the hearts of every woman. Zapped, I've, I've sh- had screenings of it and I've deconstructed is that, it. Is like, it Bale? Scott Bale? Scott Bale. It is Scott Bale, yeah. Willie yeah. Ames, um, Heather Thomas, directed by Robert J. Rosenthal. It's written by Bruce Rubin, who was the first AD on Carrie. And it's a weird, it's a weird parody of Carrie. Yeah. And there's yeah. like dialogue references. It ends at the prom. It's tell- someone getting telekinetic powers, the religious parents, chaos at the prom. Again, Eddie D's in it. That's right. And it stars one of my favorite, like, 80s cable foils, which was Greg Bradford, who played Robert Walcott, the kid who goes to T. Winkle College, who's dating Heather Thomas, and they have like the contest of who goes on the saucers without throwing up. But but Greg Bradford starred in a movie called Love Lines. He's like the typical 80s blonde asshole guy, but he had a hero role in a movie called Love Lines with Michael Winslow from Police Academy, who did all the voices. You know, the Remember Michael Winslow? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. From the Cheech and Chong films. Yes. And Love Lines, it's one of the great gratuitous breakdancing movies. He's like, <laughs> there's like, because Breaking came out, and they're like, well, how can we have our own breakdancing movie? And Love Lines, they're like, it, Michael Winslow, they're like, okay, let's get the guy from Police Academy. Um, it was the guy who made the Garbage Pail Kids movie. So he's made two classic films. Oh, are we going to talk about that later? Right, we, we can talk about Garbage Pail okay. Kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But that movie, that movie, Love Lines, Greg Bradford. I mean, just we would just ingest these movies because to us, like that or Hitchcock or you know <laughs> Spielberg or Jacques right. Tournier, like it was all the same thing. Right. Like it didn't, it didn't matter. It was a movie. It was ninety minutes. There were boobs in it. That's like that's what you loved about it. I just googled Greg Bradford because I did not. Yeah, remember, anything up. I, I recommend it because he is. I can't. He is the. <laughs> This is a quintessential '80s bad quintessential guy. Quintessential '80s bad guy. I love I mean, him. Um, just, just. Do you ever see Pandemonium? This guy, this guy should be a villain in every Pandemonium know. with Paul Rubens. It's like a parody. It's like Student no. Bodies. Student Bodies was another one. Student Bodies, sure. Yeah. Great, but there's I another sort of like a companion piece directed by Alfred Soul, who did Alice, Sweet Alice, that like one of the great kind of American Jallo films of the '70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made this movie called Pandemonium, 
with Paul Rubens. It's like at a camp and all the murders are parodies. Like they're all like super, like someone gets shish kebab, like it's a human shish kebab that's done. It was a comedy. It was all like kind of How done. did I not? It's a, just, it's a parody of Slash. It, I think I went to every Slasher parody film made in the hopes that one of them would Well, break. some of these didn't play very long. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> when you have a title yeah. like Pandemonium. Yes. You who can't tell what about. it's about. Right, exactly. It was like we saw the, the Cannonball Run and then everyone in Cannonball in Canada was like, well, yeah, well, the Gumball Rally. We're like, what? What's yeah. the Gumball Rally? Like there are certain movies that for whatever reason, they didn't either come out theatrically near you or you totally, totally just, missed just it. Missed them, yeah. um, but that's where Cable was. Cable was great because yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this movie Pandemonium. We used to watch it over and over. Going Berserk. Sure. With, with John Candy, Joe Flaherty. Yes, yes. Gene yes. Levy. Which should have, as a diehard SCTV fan, of course, we all, you know. We love Could that. Not, and it just, it's not. And then great. there was the gratuitous <laughs> video game movies like Joysticks. Uh-huh. Joysticks is one of my favorite. Directed by Graydon Clark, who did uh, Satan's Cheerleaders. Joysticks I've is never amazing. seen Joysticks. Joysticks is an impressive film because the opening, <laughs> it's one of the few movies where like the opening credits of Joysticks are first in, in the poster, it's two hot girls like at a Pac-Man machine. Yes, I remember. And the they're poster, leaning yeah. over in like short shorts. And they're shorts. Yes, and and, and the T-tops. Jim Greenleaf, the fat guy, <clears throat> plays McDorfus, is looking up <clears throat> like he's hiding in the video game right. to look up their shirts to right. like stare up at them. Well, because if you hide out in a video game long enough, <laughs> some eventually some girls eventually an attractive woman. The high, in, in the so, and at the beginning there. of the movie, the girls are like, "Hey." <clears throat> Where are you going? And the, the guy's like, well, I'm going to my job, my first day at the arcade. They're like, you work at the arcade? Can you give us free quarters? And they flash him. <laughs> ah! And I was like, in the world, in the diegetic joystick verse, <laughs> beautiful girls pull yes. up to you in a convertible. For quarters. And, and they're like, for quarters, let me just show you my tits. And yeah. as a kid in Massachusetts, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going to, like, my, to me, arcade machines are just like, Mean guys smoking. I mean, they yeah. used to have ashtrays <laughs> built into the cigarettes. Right. Cigarettes, like, oh, or, yeah, yeah. Built yeah. into the Pac-Man machine, yeah. like a little quarter above. Um, and you could get stabbed at the arcades. Yeah. This looked really fun. But the theme song to Joysticks, it's great. I've discussed this with David Gordon Green. There's a few other directors that are like, oh, I love Joysticks. Like the theme song is video, video, video games. Totally awesome video games. Video joysticks. It. It's That's, a pretty clear cut what the movie's about. <laughs> and Joe Don Baker, well, Joe Don Baker's in joysticks. Well, he does not like what's going on down at that arcade. There's wow. punk rockers, and there's, you know, that's like there's there is that scene in Going Berserk where John Candy goes back to his old arcade. There's like his old club that he used to hang out the pizza parlor, and it's been taken over by punks. But it's all like extras that don't really know how to punk rockers. Like a few people in Mohawks, they're like sort of slam dancing. It's like, boy, <laughs> things have changed around here. <laughs> It's just like that kind of 80s humor. <clears throat> Gratuitous breakdancing movies, break in, break in two. Good electric cable movies. Electric, electric yes. Boogaloo. Um, Sam Furstenberg, who directed that, directed another great movie called Ninja 3, The Domination. So he directed a lot of great movies, but yeah. yes, Ninja 3. Ninja is, 3, is, The is, Domination. He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who breaks from ancient tradition and explodes onto America. <laughs> His soul possesses the body of an innocent woman and transforms her into a lethal assassin. 
it's like, I, let's I, take... did a, I did a Trailers from Hell commentary. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I love Ninja it's, 3 it's, the I, In fact, I just showed it a couple months ago. To, there's a gorgeous Blu-ray. Like, we need a Blu-ray. Yeah, I have it. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have the Blu-ray of it. No, wait, here. I want to. I have this idea. You are someone who could, who could spearhead this. Give it a public face. Make it happen. Because I thought about it again when we were watching that. Is, is I want an app for my Blu-ray player that will make movies look, will give me a choice of looking like beat up old 16 um, and, oh. and old VHS because Ninja 3 The Domination should never be seen. Uh, unless you see it, yeah. Unless you see it with scanning lines coming through it and so forth. And I thought, I mean, it's a delightful, but it's the only thing that would have made it better. So, you know, the only way <clears> to get that effect is if you go on like your Apple TV, like, your PlayStation or Apple TV, and you go into YouTube and you watch the movie on YouTube. Right. Then you on your television, it's transferred. But there Generally should be a, there's some. VHS. What's what's the um? Is it the Scott Bayo, uh, Gene Simmons, um, Never Too Young to Die? Remember this? No. Uh, it's a it's a, I want to say it's Scott Bayo. Maybe it's the other guy. But it's a it's an insane spy movie. Um, and Gene Simmons plays a transvestite Bond villain. Wow. And it's absolutely bonkers. And they just came out with it on Blu-ray. I can't remember who I should plug it. But, but they have the option uh, of it. They have a oh, VHS. Really? They have a, a cut of the, the VHS cut. And you can throw it up and it, it's, well, that's and why it it's directly out, off. That's why they're putting out some Blu-rays in boxes that look like <laughs> look VHS, VHS boxes. Yeah, but I want the movie to look like VHS, you know? Because everything you're saying here, I'm thinking these need to be seen on VHS. It's true. I mean, I have a, I have a 480p. You know, it's funny because I actually just got a converter to take my old VHSs because I can't and put them and convert them to files that I can just project. Yeah. Through my projector. Yeah. So that I can watch uh, Fart the Movie. (laughs) (laughs) The way it was meant to be seen. The way it was meant to be seen on VHS. I think it was shot on VHS. That movie, you know, should have gone straight to audio. (laughs) I didn't even qualify as a movie. I remember being like, wow, it's only 30 minutes. And then we're like, you know what? It doesn't really need to be much more than 30 minutes. <laughs> it gets in, it gets out. Um, do you remember On the Right Track, Gary Coleman, when he was a movie star for a minute? Lester's an orphan who's very unusual. Instead of a house, he lives in a locker in a train station. The kid picked the triple. And he has a special talent. He's a crook. That can make him rich. I want that money back. And get him in trouble. 20th Century Fox presents Gary Coleman, smaller than ever. And in his first motion picture role, he's on the right track. Norman Fell is the mayor. The plot is Gary Coleman lives in. This is the plot of the movie. Someone's like, what if Gary Coleman, from different strokes, uh, lives in a locker at the train station? Okay, I'm I'm in. in. And we'll call it on the right track. Cut to 2000 theater screen release major studio uh, not terrible i mean just just like i just, just released the pitch meeting it's exactly, <laughs> exactly it's just it's just so unforgivably terrible 50 60 times i must have watched that movie wow. oh on the right tracks on you just sit and watch it because it was a movie yeah that was the, that was the, because, the yes, barrier exactly. to entry to watching a movie in my house was pretty, pretty it had low. to be it had to be a movie um, I'm actually, I need to correct something because I've done a terrible disservice to somebody. And also you have to, Never Too Young to Die is the film. It's 1986. It's not Scott Baio. I'm ter- how could I possibly have confused John Stamos with oh, wow. Scott Baio? Uh, but it's, wow. yeah, it's John Stamos' Vanity, um, Gene Simmons, and that's right. How could I, and George Lazenby. Wow. George Lazenby is Scott Baio's 
John, I mean, Alter John Stamos. Alter ego. Is his father. He's a George spy. Lesley plays he plays Mayo. basically James Bond, and then he's killed, and his son has to take over for him. And it's insane. Matt Dillon kind of owned Cable yep. in the early 80s. Matt, or Kevin you were like, like every other movie was yeah. a Matt. You were like, oh, wow, my bodyguard is on. Oh, oh you true. flip the channel. Yeah. You're like, let's, what's, on, what's on Cinemax? Oh, Tex. <laughs> oh, let's go to Showtime. Little Darlings. These are like, good movies, though. These were very good movies. But Matt Dillon, to us. Over the edge. <clears throat> over, over the, the edge. edge yeah. You know, the outsiders, like, it's, it's interesting now kind of seeing Matt Dillon pop up in movies because like what matt dylan meant to us as yeah. a kid like that guy yes was the coolest he absolutely was the coolest like there was nobody cooler than matt dylan and every movie he's in like kind of pre-river phoenix like that actor that was like the tough guy the good looking guy the heartthrob excellent actor salt of the earth kind of guy like matt dylan was it but he yeah. was in every freaking movie that's how you knew it was a good movies yeah Dylan was in it no he had but it's also like but really little darlings we were like we just waited christy mcnichol is another one yes. yeah but, and that had both of them but like yeah. matt dylan was it man that yeah. guy was like everybody wants to be matt dylan and and i mean he he just yeah he did i mean was it a good agent was it a good taste i feel like he was 13 years old how was he able to know these were all really good <laughs> films but i mean phenomenal selections of parts yeah, you my know, bodyguard or, was a big one. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Ma so. Chris Makepeace, also meatballs. Yes, meatballs. Uh, meatballs. Meatball, he was a one. Man. Meatballs two. Meatballs three. Meatballs yes. three. Corey Feldman. What's uh -oh. the? Is it meatballs four? What's the one where the ghost helps him? <laughs> yeah, you Once know. Once you get to the ghost, the I ghost pretty much that out him. by the end and of the, the second one. Corey, Corey Feldman in meatballs four, I believe, where he's being guided by the ghost to help him win stuff because they don't have Bill Murray anymore. There's no tripper, so they're just yeah. already a ghost. He looks at the end of the, at the end, he like looks at the camera. He's like, hey, I was in Goonies. Drugs, <laughs> it's like, wow. Wait, I got to ask. I'm sorry to break up the uh, carefully structured uh, thing. But um, Stripes, have you, uh, have, you, uh, have you gone back to Stripes in the last 20 years? I mean, I love, it's, I feel like it's burned into my head. Have you seen it in the last 20 years? 20 years? Maybe yeah. not. Why? No, it's just, it's something, it was, it was a traumatic experience. We talked about Adam Rifkin, you know, um, uh, Rifkin and uh, my friend Dan uh, Waters and I showed it to uh, a young lady um, of Adam's acquaintance a couple of years ago. Okay. Like, you have no idea what's coming. I mean, you think, you know, you guys with your Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is fine. Stripes is the quintessential, you know, it was always, I thought, we all thought it was like this great. And Does it hold up? It's not for a fucking minute. And, and literally the only person in the movie you have any sympathy for is Warren Oates. Really? It's crazy. We just sat there and but it to was. Me it's like, who's your buddy? Who's your pal? It's insane how badly it just. It, it doesn't age. What it, about John Larroquette? Oh God, I wish I was a loofah. That stuff is so <laughs> just funny. Just stay, let it live in your memory. We were all. You're lean, mean, And she's looking at us like we're insane. Yeah. Do you know what I had that experience with? With uh, I showed some friends Animal House and for the first 30 minutes they were just like. What? This isn't funny. I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? But no, I was animal like, it's Animal House. That's like, them. Circle laughing. They were like, this isn't funny, Eli. I was like, what? But you were laughing. I was laughing. Yeah, that's They're like, if you want to show us an old movie that's funny, put on Friday. I was like, wow. <sighs> wow. Times have changed. Wow. No, but, like, I, I, but I remember it's like my dad showing me stuff. You know? Yeah. This Ernie Kovacs is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I was like, I get it. But like, the Nairobi Trio isn't like rolling the ground funny, Dad. I don't know what to tell you. Although, who was it? Somebody, somebody on Twitter, some kids I follow, like these 20 somethings, they had just accidentally stumbled across a whole bunch of old Jack Benny videos on YouTube and they were losing their minds. They're like, you guys know about this Jack Benny guy? This is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. So, oh, my God. It can happen. From his TV show? Yeah. Oh, man. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But uh, anyway, sorry, I feel like I'm... No, that's all right. (laughs) Bad cable movies. Yeah. Looker was another one. Oh, God, Looker. With a Looker gun. I want it. You probably think I'm beautiful, Dr. Roberts, but I'm not. I want it. My nose is 0.2 millimeters too narrow. And my cheekbones are 0.4 millimeters too high. I want it too. I do television commercials. They want a certain look. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm the perfect female type. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm the perfect female type. You don't know what's going on. This is more than commercials. They're killing all the girls that are perfect. Yeah. Tim yeah, but lookers, lookers now, uh, uh, it, it's prescient. I mean, look at look at what we can do now in terms of yeah. fake uh, fake news people. I remember, I remember people freezing. I remember they they turn on the sink and then they get shot with a looker gun and then the next thing you know the sink is filled, <laughs> and you like freeze for a minute. I was super into it. Uh, yeah, Susan Day, right? Michael Crichton, Michael Crichton being naked. Yeah, Crichton is Crichton's such naked. Amazing, I don't remember that. Crichton is not naked. Yeah, oh, okay. He directed that one. Um, but that was on all the time. Yeah. And the theme song. I don't. She's you a sing looker. It? She's a beautiful thing. <laughs> She's got it made. She's a looker. With a beautiful face. Always on display. She's got it. Oh, yeah. She's got it made. She's a looker. You know, you just. The theme, it's a fair use, Joe. The, the it's okay. Theme songs. <laughs> Had to be, you had to say the title of the movie right. or recap the plot of the movie <laughs> in the movie. Um, Night of the Creeps was another one. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. Night of the Creeps, Fred Decker. Friend Fred mm-hmm. Decker. Good old Fred yeah. Decker. Yeah. The great thing about Night of the like Night of the Creeps is one of those movies that everybody watched because it was on cable like three times one weekend. And there's a scene where there's a guy on a toilet, you know, those weird bugs that go in your mouth and take over your brain. Right. Sort of like basically the plot of Slither, even though James Gunn had never seen Night of the Creeps. So there's a scene where there's a guy on a toilet and he's like the nerdy friend and he gets the bug in his mouth. But on the side, the graffiti says striper which is like very, very specific wow. heavy metal graffiti. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out, Fred told me that the art director was some girl who was dating like the bass player from Striper. <laughs> and they're like, we got a graffiti up, yes. you know, these toilet Get you stalls. a plug in this movie. So she wrote, put the Striper logo. So of course, Monday in school, 
the Striper logo started appearing in the toilet cells. Because <laughs> you'd, you'd see the vandalism in a cable movie. And you just recreate and then you'd it? go and kids, other kids at school, just like kids that saw Night of the Creeps, just thought that was the funniest thing ever. Like that became, that was the fun of these movies. You were, they, were, they were graded on such a different scale. Like how many breasts were in them? What heavy metal bands were referenced? Like that, like PCU, Jeremy Piven. Okay, now that's that's like late eighties. It is late eighties, but yeah. it's got it's got that line that everyone knew, where it's just everybody watched it because it was on cable. And and Pevensey's like, wait, are you wearing? They go to see the concert, and he's wearing the shirt of the band that they're going to see. He's like, are you wearing the shirt? Are you going to be the guy that's wearing? Are you the guy that's wearing the t-shirt of the band we're going to see? He goes, yeah. He goes, don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that that was it from that yeah. one movie from that one. Scene, no one does that anymore. Don't be that guy. <clears throat> Everyone right. was just like, don't be that guy. Yeah. And from then on, it's like you couldn't wear, if you were going to see the police, you couldn't wear your police t-shirt from two yeah. concerts ago because everyone's like, don't be that guy. I still think, I think it would be, I have yet to, in, in decades of going to concerts, I have yet to see a single band come out wearing one of their own t-shirts. Yeah, they usually don't do that. Saying, that, that would be, that would be a move, you know? It's, uh, it's, uh, you come out with a band to, you know, you want to sort of rub yourself on them. You know, the Jonas Brothers come out wearing Iggy Pop. So somehow you won't right. notice that the Jonas Brothers, but, right. but I would like <laughs> yeah, to see when Iggy I saw Pop Avril come Levine out. in an Iron Maiden shirt. <clears> yeah. Things. It's, like, it's, come on, come really on. Think she's but wear your own movies, t-shirt. I want to see one group. That would be amazing. Gene that Simmons would, would do it. Gene, yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons. It's called the marketing. <laughs> Gene Simmons. By the way, you have to see Never Too Young to Die. I really just, have just to. for Gene Simmons in a dress. I love Runaway. Uh, uh, Ronald Sumsell. Like yeah. yeah. Speaking Runaway. of and and Michael Crichton. One of the first another PG picture that was a big flop for no reason. For no reason. It was one yeah. of the first PG 13s No one had really cracked the PG thirteen. Like Runaway, Dreamscape. Like people were Dreamscape. like, Dreamscape. Woman, the woman in red. Genuinely good movie. Creams. I love Dreamscape. Yeah. Surprised yeah. that hasn't been remade. But those PG, <sighs> those are first PG thirteen movies. Where you were like, ooh, the woman in red. There's going to be, uh, you know. Wait, which, I don't think the lady in red. Which one is the woman in red? Woman in red was Gene Wilder, Kelly LeBrock. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. And I never saw it. It just, I got the sense it's just him running around lusting after. That's probably it. You probably should on a double bill. <laughs> wow, with, look at her. Double bill with stripes. <laughs> and they're asking you, I tell you, I'm hysterical. There's a woman in red. I'm not hysterical. I've never seen anything like her. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock, yeah. any, any movie with Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Chevy Chase had some kind of owned cable in the early 80s. And when you, when you go from like Modern Problems, Under the Rainbow, the movie that like literally sort of rivaled Beastmaster was Oh Heaven. Chevy Chase is Benjamin Browning, a struggling private eye who's about to embark on the strangest case of his career. What can I do for you? I want to buy protection for someone, and I know you'd be discreet. But before he can track down the clues, the witnesses, the evidence, or the suspects, there's some good news and some bad news. The good news is... Call me on Friday. He's going to make a date. Call me on Friday. The bad news is he's going to be late. Now, if you just sign here... What am I signing? You're acknowledging that you are dead and you agree to all the terms and conditions thereof. But, incredibly enough, there's more news. Final assessment assignment is to go back and solve your own murder. Go back. <laughs> Excuse me. Wait a minute, those are animals. I'm not going back as an animal. And now... Hello? He's back. 
Maybe you remember me. I was killed here. Somewhat shorter. I need a clue. But wiser. A pair of hands. With 48 wild and woolly hours to solve his own murder or die again trying. In terms of this movie's on every single day. And it was Joe Camp who directed the Benji movies. It was Chevy Chase and Benji. And then he dies and he basically is, it's Chevy Chase inside Benji. It's Benji walking around, but Chevy Chase talking. And of course, they don't have the technology to make Benji's mouth move. It's like, oh, who's this person? Right? It's like it's like he has to solve his own murder. It's As like he dog. can't get to heaven <clears throat> right. until he solves his own murder. But he can't actually talk to people, right? It's just he, he can bark. He can bark, but the audience can hear Chevy Chase's thoughts, right? And it's called "Oh Heavenly Dog." And how does the dog? I know. Oh yeah, I've never, never saw. It. How and does the, the dog song his the arrow through me? Ooh, baby, fair use by <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> The worst thing to me. And I was like, wow, they must have spent millions of dollars to get the rights to Paul McCartney's song. And I always wondered. It's not even about a dog. Not even. But I always wondered if Paul McCartney wrote that for Oh Heavenly Dog. I don't know if he did. I don't know if he did. Oh, Heavenly Dog is a terrible movie. Well, I, I don't really want to. Have you, have you got Funny Farm on your list? Because that's uh, George Roy Hill. Yeah, Funny Farm is one of those ones I came to really late. I, I like Funny Farm. Like I don't know how I, you end up. I was way past the point of catching these things on cable. I have no idea how I would come to a movie like Funny Farm. Funny Farm's hilarious. Funny Farm is good, it's genuinely. But it's also I remember being like because it because Foul Play was the one where we were right. like seventy eight. You're like okay, yep. Chevy's a movie star. <clears throat> yep, Caddyshack. For yeah. us, we didn't know that it was any kind of failure. To us, in our minds, it was the greatest, you know. No, it, it, it was Citizen Kane. Yeah. Um, and then, Oh, Heavenly Dog and Under the Rainbow and yeah, Modern Prom. going bad. But then he goes vacation. Which and he is comes great. back. Yep. And then Fletch, I remember we were all a little disappointed. Everyone yeah. came out of it wanting to love it, being like, yeah. it's not bad, but it's not great. But then, so by the time Funny Farm came around, yeah, you it, wouldn't. The go expectations to a... were so low, right? But now you look at oh, it's the director of Slapshot. So yeah, yeah of course. And, and, Funny know, Farm it's, was it's fantastic. It's got that bit with the guy. I always loved it because it always drove me crazy. Every movie you've ever seen, if you want to knock somebody out, you punch him in the face. Remember, it's got the scene they're in the boat and the guy gets yeah. the hook stuck in his face, and Chevy Chase is like, just comes up and starts hitting him. <laughs> He's like, "What are you doing?" It's like I'm trying to knock him out. He's like, "Stop! It hurts." <laughs> I haven't seen it since it, then. It's so good. It's uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, there were. I mean, I just. But there was, up the creek was another one. I mean, cereal. Do you remember cereal with Martin Mull? Do I yeah. remember? I, 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 like, yeah, I did a commentary. I, he did a commentary. I love, throw some for it. I, I remember cereal. as a kid. I show it to people regularly. You watch it. You're watching cereal. You're watching cereal, and you're just waiting for the orgy scene. <laughs> <laughs> and that scene. Where he with Martin Mall, like like trying yeah. to tiptoe, looking for his secretary in the middle of an orgy, tiptoeing through the middle of an orgy is one of the yeah. funniest. That to me yep. was like an indelible marker on my brain of this yeah. is why you have to go to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like. In and Christopher Lee, yeah, Christopher Lee as a gay biker, as a gay biker, it's amazing. Serial was a good movie. Yeah, it disappeared. Just yes, came in very, on. very, very unremembered. Unremembered movies. Yeah. There's it's unremembered movies. That's that's for sure. But that that's what I drag out. There's a nice Blu-ray of it every now and then show it to people <laughs> on the big screen. And Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, there's a Blu-ray. And oh, um and every time it's just, you know, like I can fill a room with friends who never even heard of it. When you put and it on. ninety minutes later they're like, What the how did the well, it wasn't it wasn't exactly the most scintillating title. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, it came from weird, the book. By the way, yeah. Yeah, which I yeah, it's a great book. Um it was actually a serialized uh, it was like up in Marion County. 
um, some newspaper up there, uh, and it was this woman, I want to say Sarah McFadden. I read it before the film. That's why I was so excited about the film. And it was just every week another chapter in these lives, and it was just making fun of that culture. Wow. And they took some of the best. Uh, it definitely captures the spirit of the book. Yeah, the book's wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 And, and that thing came and went so fast. That 1980 was like a good yeah. year. They, and they had that kind of font and those posters. The Stuntman was another one. Oh, Stuntman. Love yes. the Stuntman. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love, you know, Richard Rush and Freebie and the Bean and yep. those kind of insane set pieces that Richard Rush used to do. Yeah. But it's like also Freebie and the Bean. It's like, I mean, it's like that scene of Rita Moreno and Alan Arkin being like the Mexican wife. You're like, wow, this is a, this is actually amazing. <laughs> yeah. This isn't like a little moment. This is like a 15 minute scene of someone in brown face doing the Mexican. It's, it's an interesting, yeah. You're no, like, this scene. is nuts. But the shit with, and the trans kind of twist. And by the way, I was, when great. they were going through the thing about, you know, transgender people in bathrooms, I was like, these people have all seen Freebie and the Bean. They're all afraid of getting there, you know, because yeah. a transgender woman kicks the living shit out she of James Conn in a bathroom. <laughs> and I think that's a, where it all came that's from. That's one of, that is such a great scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is such a great And that scene. actor looks so much like Ralph Reed too. It's weird from, <laughs> from the moral majority. Yeah. It's almost very, uh, yeah. Um, but I remember that like stuntman SOB was another one. Yep. Like I, you know, we knew the party and the Pink Panther and that movie. I remember when it came out in theaters, my parents were like, you can't see this movie. I was like, but yeah. it looks great. It's a bull in a director's chair and <laughs> it's about movies. And again, being in freezing basements in Massachusetts, you're like watching movies like SOB where they have the birthday party and they're like, happy birthday, dear somebody. <laughs> it's like, that as a kid was the funniest thing. And the guy dies. And Richard well, Mulligan, right. yeah, to, yeah, the guy Richard dies Mulligan. in the yep. beach. Richard Mulligan, Julie Andrews, and that weird parody of, you know, Sound of Music. Yeah. It's such a strange and Don't film. they? It's been so long. They've taken their director buddy out for a Viking funeral, right? Isn't that the thing? Yeah. They put him on a... <laughs> yes. It's such a strange film, <clears throat> SOB. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, William Holden, like, as a kid, I was just like, oh, this is what making movies is going to be like. And then every time it's not, I'm just like, oh. Well, it is as far as the Robert Vaughn studio executive yes. is yeah. concerned. You know, you know, um, Up the Creek. I never saw Up the Creek. Tim Matheson. It's like they tried to, to recapture the spirit of Animal House. Right. Like, what if it's Animal House just on the water? Yeah. God, is it a bad movie? But Jennifer the, Jennifer um, Runyon is gorgeous. How about up the Academy? Was that I never that was the Mad Magazine. That was the Mad Magazine. Yeah, yeah I never actually saw that. I, was, I heard it was just it wasn't very good. It, it, yeah, you I could smell it a mile away. That Heaven Help Us, unless unless it was private school. For Heaven Help Us is great. I mean, it's not I liked it. It's a real it, movie though. It's not a yeah. It wasn't like yeah. one of these. And I don't yeah. know the uh, Buford's Beach Bunnies, Spring Break USA. There were certain movies. Uh, do you know a lot of them? I have to give real credit to uh, Joe Bob Briggs. Sure. Drive by Biggs yep. Drive-In. Man, that guy would show movies that just you couldn't believe existed. On USA Up All Night. The USA Channel, when that started, and you started getting into USA Up All Night. Yeah. Like, he had some deep, deep cuts yeah. in Joe Bob Brown. And wasn't there a Captain USA character? A guy in a mask with a mustache? Who was also, who, who, was, who hosted that? that yeah. How? Was there? Know. Yeah, yeah. Captain USA. I can't remember. It was pre-Joe pre Bob. Really? Midnight Madness. Uh, that one, I'm, I'm, um, I have not seen it. It keeps coming up. People keep pushing that as a great. It's like Cannonball Run. It's like a bunch of people out running around, destroying a town, different teams trying to get a bunch of stuff. It's one of those types of movies. Sorry, Commander um, USA. Commander USA. Commander USA is a groovy movie. 
on the USA Network. Man, wow. some of the same movies. I don't know. I don't know that. No. What Super Fuzz? Uh, oh yeah, but that's terrific. Sergio Corbucci. We didn't know what that was. Like we watched, you know, because. <clears throat> but as a kid, you were like, "Why is there something weird about this movie?" Ernest yeah. Borgnine is in it. <laughs> But, but it's Italian. Guy? We, now we know, of course, yeah. how Italian is and stuff. But as a kid, it was just called Super Fuzz. And they had all the fake names. So you were right. just like, Super, Super. Like, you couldn't see red. Like, they were, that, that was a movie that didn't come out in theaters near us. Right. That suddenly hit on cable where everybody saw Super Fuzz. And they just thought it was, like, mm -hmm. it was great. And it's, it's the Trinity guys, but in modern, uh, yeah. modern day. Yeah, no, it's, it's that thing's... It's fun. How about, do you know Teen Lust? This one is really obscure. I no. discovered it. James Wong, the actor, uh, has directed a, a small a small handful of films, most of which are kind of softcore teen porn films. Wow. And Teen Lust when is, is from, it from? It's, it's from the either late 70s, early, I think early 80s. And it's one of those things. They showed it at Cine Family a while back and he showed up to, wow. to introduce it. And it is, it is, it is so in the sweet spot of the movies you're, uh, you're talking about here. Um, and it's weirdly compelling and you just sort of wonder, you know, and he's done like three other movies like it <laughs> as a director. <laughs> you gotta find it. Teen Lust. Well, the Teen movies Lust. that, you know, we started getting into, like once you get the VCR, I mean, the, the real thing was after, Cinemax After Dark right. was what changed. HBO never had, they had some lighter stuff, but Showtime and Cinemax. Cinemax yeah. was like the dirty channel. Yeah. yeah. They would go for broke. And they had a movie called Fairy Tales that we saw fairy tales. Uh, um, this Harry Hurwitz was the director, where it was sort of like set in medieval times. Oh, it was just like a um, was anthology. Has a snapper, yes, yes, the snapper yes, movie. The snapper. Oh my god, that was yeah. fairy tales with Cyrus. And what's her name? Kristen, uh, the girlfriend. Wasn't Kristen Bell in that, or am I? Uh, Kristen Bell was probably zero at the time <laughs> that that movie was made. No, 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 she, no, no, not, not, not. Not we're talking, we're talking about the the actress uh, from like Alice in Wonderland, the, the, the Bill Oscar Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, not 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 Veronica Mars. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. that movie was just like there were these kind of British softcore movies yeah. or yeah. Renaissance films, Confessions, Confessions of a Window Cleaner, mm -hmm. <laughs> all of the Confessions movies. Those were, <clears throat> but I remember the. Uh, Emmanuel movies came mm -hmm. on. We were like watching them and there were the movies with Sylvia Crystal. We we're like, yeah. oh, it's the girl from Private Lessons and Lady Chatterley's Lover. Yep. So you, you just look to see what was going on Friday night at 1130 on Cinemax. Like, what yeah. were going to be those There'd movies? Be and Emmanuel then, and Bangkok. And then Emmanuel well, and Bangkok. And then, then they and changed then, the casting. Well, they changed the casting because the Italians just started ripping it off. And they well, Laura Gemser came in. With yeah. 1M. The Emmanuel. Oh, no, that's right. M. Yes. So, Somebody so, pointed this out to me years later. I had yes. never noticed. So I've been going through them recently. I've, I've been I've been sort of going through the entire Emmanuel. Just in preparation for maybe a project. Or, just well, uh, I just like I'm Laura Gemser rebooting. Laura Gemser has become my favorite uh -huh. actress, like screen actress of all time. Really, I think I watched her performance in Emmanuel in America, in Emmanuel Around the World, in Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, and. She was, I mean, this girl must have been 19 or 20 or 21 years old. She did like 12 or 15 movies within a space of two or three years. Most of them are with Joe D'Amato. Um, the first one, Black Emanuel, is Beto Albertini. That was kind of, that was a big one, Black Emanuel. Black we saw. Yeah. Then Emanuel in Bangkok was her first time with Joe D'Amato. Um, Gemser, Gabriele Tinti, who was her husband, Ivan Rasimov. Like the usual cast of Joe D'Amato. I'm fascinated by Joe D'Amato. Because at the time, we didn't know they kept changing the names. You didn't right, know, you know who directed was. what. Um, 
or that like Emmanuel, there, why were there two Emmanuels? There's that, the Indonesian Emmanuel, the Laura Gemser ones. But then Emmanuel in Taboo Island. Um, but then once it goes to Emmanuel in Bangkok, Emmanuel in America, Emmanuel around the world, I just rewatched. It's an amazing. I mean, that movie's like shot in <laughs> Iran and Venice. I mean, they literally they went, actually went to those places. They went to these places and the, the stuff they have in like India, they went to India and they have um, Luigi Montefiore, George Eastman is like, this guru and they have these orgy scenes and they're filming in palaces. Like they're remarkable <laughs> movies just in terms of logistics standpoint, but she's so beautiful and natural and sensual and so much of the acting, you know, you're watching her acting, not in her native language, not in her native right. voice with someone else dubbing it. And so much of the acting is just her face and her eyes and her internalizing it. You know, she's the reporter. She's to like take in all of these different crazy things that she's seen. And you just yeah. can't believe what this director had her do and had her see. I mean, Emmanuel in America is, is one of the most insane movies ever made. And it was certainly Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals is, is totally bonkers. I've never even There's a lot of, of uh, really good coverage of the Emmanuel movies in Video Watchdog. Oh, if you okay. want, which is also online. Uh, and you can, you can go back to that. But, but Video Watchdog is, yeah, Tim I Lucas. think, one of the greatest magazines really is, about yeah. film that was ever printed. Uh, and of course, it, it's, it, it's not, and it dealt entirely with this kind of picture uh, in a, great, a very scholarly way. Well, they, they deserve it. I mean, Emmanuel, I have a poster in my house of like in my a huge Italian poster of Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. It's what's crazy about Emmanuel in America is, and these movies, you were just like these, they, these people were like aliens. They were all, they were all dubbed. Right. It was all like a very, very specific type of music. Yeah. All of which I have on my phone, by the way. <laughs> um, most of it scored by Nico Fidenko was the composer who did a lot of these films. Um, and they they just felt like otherworldly with these beautiful women mm. that were open and free that were kind of going around the world just having sex kind of investigating but she breaks up these crime rings and like white <laughs> slavery and then there's really like you're watching a movie in like a man they didn't maintain the tone of like being fun and happy they like would get really really dark really quickly mm. that's what's so crazy like in Emmanuel you know she goes and she breaks up this white slavery this like slavery ring and then there's still like 10 minutes left. So <clears throat> she's like, well, let's go bust this other senator who we hear is into some shady shit. So they go and they see the senator and the senator goes out for drinks with them and then takes them to a dock. And then like this girl just starts getting, he has like these, these bums, like people with one tooth that start raping this girl. No. And then the, everyone starts running away and then Emmanuel gets raped. And then it's cut to the police. It's like, well, glad that guy got arrested. And the movie's there, and then she sees her boyfriend goes off in a boat. I was like, why would you end the movie with your lead character getting Jesus. raped by a homeless guy? Like, it's awful. Yeah. And then he does this in Emmanuel in America, where she's traveling around, she's learning, she's learning all the different sex practices around the world. This girl has sex with a horse, very graphically, if you watch the unrated one. Um, and, uh, yeah, the girl has sex with a horse. And then at the end, there's, like, this senator and she's saying, and he's like, well, if you want to see something that's really forbidden, um, I can show you something. And he pushes the button and like, oh, she sees that these rich people, everyone's got these like kind of super eight snuff movies oh, where people course. are getting like brutally raped. So she tries to track down the source of it. And the guy's like, take this drink. And he drinks and she blacks out and she wakes up and he's like having sex with her from behind while she's looking through a mirror at these like horrible like you're in some banana republic, these generalissimo guys, like you're on some island and these dictator guys like brutal, like rape this girl. 
then she wakes up and she takes the photos of it and she tries to show her editor. He's like, we can't run this. It'll ruin the president, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, why would, and, and apparently the girl who acted in the scene in the rape scene sued Joe D'Amato for the director for psychological trauma. Oh, wow. She wasn't really raped, but right. she said that the, the filming it was too upsetting. Apparently people <laughs> loved working with D'Amato. He's supposed to be a bit, like a great guy. But um, it's like, I just can't believe what the, the gall of these guys, like, I just think like, what were they thinking? Right. Who was this movie for? How is this acceptable? How is this just like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. Let's have the character do that. What's, I, I've never even heard insane. of the cannibals one. Is it actual, is it Emmanuel and cannibals? It's a great movie. I actually <laughs> saw it after the green Inferno. Um, <clears throat> Emmanuel and the last cannibals. Emmanuel wants to find the last cannibal tribe. You know, she's the reporter. So she goes and there's a beautiful. That never ends well. Well, it doesn't for everyone except Emmanuel. It's Emmanuel and Gabriella Tinti, and they go into the jungle, and you're what? It's kind of half an Emmanuel movie, and then there's that turning point where they get taken by the cannibals, and they wake up and they're taken to the village, and she winds up escaping, but her friend, the girl, is taken, and she's they're like tied up to the stake, and the girl, the guys, like all the cannibals come in, and they like literally just cut her in half, and you, there's a shot where there's just like her upper torso just strung up with the people eating her guts. It's fucking, it's a proper How? cannibal movie. <laughs> it's like an amazing, Christ. it's an amazing cannibal movie. It's like, and an Emmanuel movie. And an Emmanuel film. And you're like, how did Joe D'Amato do this? But the great thing about D'Amato, I mean, I think there was a period, um, I did an interview for a documentary that Manlio Gamarasco, if you know him, who does Nocturno magazine, um, he's doing on him. Joe D'Amato, like by the end, he was doing basically porn movies. And in two years, he made like 130 films. He was making a movie every four days, like insane. But his his films that he did, he was his own DP. He used the same crew. He would travel around the world and just make these crazy movies. He did like 200 films in his lifetime. There's actually, I was just like, there's a Blu-ray of Emmanuel and the Last Candle. Yeah, I have it. It's great. It's great. Jesus. It's really great. So those uh, were them. It's, it was like there was the, the during the daytime, you'd watch your like on the right track, Beastmaster, under the rainbow, then it would get a little bit later, and then there'd be the R-rated movies because right. those only showed after eight o'clock. So that would be like, you know, Up the Creek and Student Bodies, films like that. Maybe you know your marquee movies like Cannonball Run that you watch over and over. And then after a certain hour, it was like Fairy Tales and Emmanuel in Bangkok, or maybe right. a weird one like Hamburger the Motion Picture, and like that was it. Like when I, I think about, it's so funny to me. I remember in film school, all these kids were making when they were like pitching their student films. So like, I want to do a movie about someone who comes out of the, you know, he looks down at his arm and he sees the tattoo and we flash back to the camps. And then again, you look, you look at his collection. It was like fast times at Rich one high zapped Porky's like, right. Do you want to talk about the movies that made that me actually made you that actually made yeah. me that, that are like in my DNA that I get, I think about it. I was like the movies that I get most excited talking about <laughs> the ones that I most engage. Like if I, like if I'm like, want to be like alert and like into a conversation I mean, yeah, in the 90s, in, in film school, I got into Abel Ferrara and Bad Lieutenant and King of New York and, you know, The Addiction. Like, I, I got into all the Ms. darker 45. films. Ms. 45, yeah. But at the time, there was just something about, like, you could turn on television. There were only three channels. It was HBO, Cinemax, and Showtime. And because there were only three channels, like, they, I don't know. They, maybe they were, they were just a better selection of movies, but I just, I was like a garbage disposal. I just ingested <laughs> I just took anything. It didn't. It didn't matter if it was a bad movie. I loved it because it was a movie. Did Did you have? Because um, uh, I don't. I don't have a sense <laughs> of, of the place you grew up in. Was it a big city or kind of more? 
like, suburbia. Did you have a really good video store, VHS yeah. store? When, like with, with the kind of the obscure oddball yeah. shit? Okay. So. Yeah, we had great ones. We had, there was, look, the video store that was really close had your Rambo, right. you know, main, mainstream stuff. Oh, no, you also have to drive to the good one. We'd have to it. take the T, the train. I grew up in Newton, which was suburbia, right outside Boston. And then there oh, was okay. one. Oh, Boston. So you'd... There was two videos, one video store called Video Smith. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was one at the Chestnut Hill Mall and one in Brookline. And they had a very good selection. I mean, they, you could get like three on a meat hook and pink flamingos. Like they, they had some weird, right. they weren't. And then Blockbuster came in and Blockbuster was like very censorship heavy. Like you couldn't find yeah. Dario Argento's movies. Oh, no, they were horrible. Yeah. They were, I'm happy they were out of business. Yeah, they, I think, weren't we they, this weird time now where everybody's sort of lamenting that, you know, I don't it's know like, I'm, I'm sorry that, you know, yeah, there's a lot to be said about Netflix destroying the world, but you know, yeah, they got Blockbuster. It's okay. Yeah, and by the it's way, all, right. all of those obscure mm-hmm. movies now, the hard movies, find are on Amazon Prime. Yeah. yeah. If you have an yeah. Amazon description. Like, Amazon Prime has some amazing. <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. Like all of the Jallo films, all of these like very weird, obscure stuff. Like I was like trying to deep dive on Juan Piquer Simon and I wanted mm-hmm. to find the movie um, with Ian, that he did with Ian Sarah called E.T. 2. Oh, yeah. Actually. Called Extraterrestrials uh-huh. about an alien named Trumpy. That he made after pieces. Uh-huh. Trumpy the Alien. It was on Amazon Prime. I couldn't believe it. I was yeah. like 99 cents to rent that movie. Oh, it's well, and it's so and, much and, and, stuff. And, and by the way, it's what you're talking about because the transfer is from a VHS tape. Well, that's the we, we were talking Prime. about the so other you day. Play, sometimes like, you oh, yeah. sometimes it's, you turn it on, they look like that, and then sometimes they're these amazing like 4K restorations. No, and, not at all. But, this, you know, yeah. Trumpy the alien will not Trumpy and Sarah will not have his his day in 4K. You're only going to see it. It looks like you're watching a movie underwater. It looks Fantastic. like someone rubbed Vaseline in your eyes. That's you great. That's great. The one you're reminding me of that that um, I've been wanting to try. I mean, I've got it. I actually have it on VHS and I need to bump it. Uh, I think if I could find it. But uh, do you remember there was a compilation video? Have we talked about this on the show? The Best of Sex and Violence? Yeah. With John Carradine? Yes. And my friend met Ken Dixon. I think, yeah. yes. Okay, we have. Yeah, where he's introducing clips and yeah. some trailers, some clips. And then this weird, awkward thing at the end where, his, where Robert and Keith show up and do some terrible, terrible shtick with him at the end. But I mean, every one of those movies, it was just like a checklist. It was like, now I have to see. Yeah, it's like Terror in the Isles was like that. Yeah, now I have Terror to see Truck Stop like Women. Every <clears throat> every horror movie Yeah, that was in like out there. I remember Terror in the Isles was like, this is going to be the greatest movie ever made because it's just going to be like the clips of all the, the clips. best kills of all the best movies in one movie. 90 Minutes of Blood, which is essentially what History of Horror is. Yeah. It's my version of terror. <laughs> it's like me remaking Terror in the Eye. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we should plug uh, that show and when it's going to be on. Um, yeah, well, I guess, sure. sure. Yeah, it'll when, be on. What is it? Yeah, the plug, plan go, is go to, we're going to be on um, like Halloween. It'll be October of this year. Oh, October. Yeah, it'll be okay, on for so October. We want to sit on this episode for 10 months? Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. People, because people, people I, may no, have I want seen people, the know, I people to watch. And don't know that they can on Shutter right now. Yeah, you can see the on first Apple season. And all the podcasts, anywhere you can watch listen the first to the, the podcast interviews, audio. But watch the first season on, yeah. they're all on Shutter. Yeah, it's wonderful. Which stuff. is great. Shutter is awesome. I love Shutter. Yeah, yeah they're, they're really, um, they like us too. Really uh, good stuff. They do? Oh, they like Charles from Hell. Oh, okay. Yeah, they run a lot of They like, okay. Yeah, I was telling Joe. Oh, because we haven't mentioned it. Uh, this episode, I, I um, you know, I have this beautiful Blu-ray of Mandy in a DVD or in a, in a VHS box. Oh yeah, and, Mandy and, um, and uh, no, but it's like I, I was, I, I just got Shutter a little. I was a little late adapter. I got Shutter, and I'm flipping through. And I was like, oh, they have Mandy. Like, it's like, oh, I don't know why. I was like, how does Mandy look on Shutter for some reason? And watching the whole movie again, but they have a, they have an amazing selection. They have of, a really good, of, se- yeah. It's Colin stuff. Getty's. 
Um, it's one of the programs. I mean, Colin started, you know, Midnight Madness yeah. at Toronto Film Festival. He really knows his stuff. Well, they also, they did a great I watched Tiger. Um, I just, I was, well, last night I watched One Cut of the Dead. Tigers Are Not Afraid. Like a lot of movies that people were, but they uh, also have Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance on there. Oh, yeah. Boy, they have like great. Well, they do some podcast stuff too. They do, uh, yeah. I'm only talking about She Kills, which weirdly my wife, who is neither in the podcast business nor watches horror films, uh, nor produces, was a producer on. Hmm. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's a, it's a great show, but it was about women in horror and they interviewed a whole lot of, uh, I mean, oh, cool. Curtis came on. It's, it's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But only listen to it after you've heard all of our show. Yeah. At least twice. And watched all of the movies we referenced. And yes, watch and all, watch the, all the movies that are referenced in <laughs> it this It might take you nine show. years. <laughs> you will, you wind up be like, a we're not going to come back with another episode until Rock. you've watched until all of them. Until you've watched Stooge Mania, <laughs> Stooge Hamburger, Mania. Hot Dog, Midnight Madness, Student Bodies. Up the creek and on the right track. But I, I will you watch Never Too Young to Die and and um, um, just send me an email after. Yeah, let me let me know what you think because I can't believe that somehow that that feels like that would have been right it's right in, in my wheelhouse spot. too. Yeah, all things Gene Simmons I love. Um, yeah, he's just bonkers in it. I young man, I have a movie. You need to produce it. It's Gene Simmons. Call me. <laughs> he's like he'll always call me every now and then about a horror project. Just think, Eli, it's young man. It's because he'll sing young man, which I love. He's like young man. It's Gene Simmons. Call me back, Eli. It's Gene Simmons. <laughs> Goodbye. Like, he says his name like four times. He's Uh-oh. so he likes to say. He's just I just laugh. Just don't look in a mirror when you say it. Just like exactly. Uh, well, Eli, thank you. thank you so much for Guys, coming down. Uh, this is um, thank you for indulging me. No, no, just, no, I just wanted to. I want someone to be like, wow, someone talked about love lines, or finally, <laughs> disorderly has got the mentioned. It, you know, oh, none yes. of these, yeah. none of these are going to ever going to be considered classics. Yeah, they will not be in any clip shows. Wait, is it disorderly is the Fat Boys movie, right? It is. That, yeah. Um, and how about have you? Uh, what's the, the director um, of Car Wash? Um, God damn it! What's the Run DMC movie? Crush Groove? No, no, no. The one where they play themselves. Tougher than leather? No. Tougher than leather. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's uh, right. Yeah, that was. Have you ever seen tougher, tougher than leather? No, but you know we have a <laughs> we have a little place that you could go, and all the movies that are listed in the episodes. That's are, true. Yes. Are, are, are oh, really? With, with yes. You know, uh, with a link to where you can find out where you can find these films. Well, tougher. And you usually, can't find. Usually, it's only tougher than leather is hard to find. Yeah, it's only it, it's never. I think it never even made it on the DVD. I've got an old bump of a VHS, but it's got the great bit where they're hiding from the mob and they're in the jewelry district of New York because everybody's wearing black and Stetsons mm-hmm. and they can't find Run DMC amidst all the jewelry yep. sales. Of it. It's pretty hilarious. It's pretty good. Um, it's good stuff. But yeah, I'm also supposed to plug uh, uh, the uh, go to the Trailers from Hell website and go to, where, where is it? The Trailers from Hell shop where you can buy all of our wonderful t-shirts and things. I, I don't ephemera know. Or Mark, ephemera. Mark told me I had to plug that. Okay. <laughs> Go. Uh, Eli, thank Thanks. you so much, man. Thanks, guys. This was a this blast. Was great. My yes. pleasure. Fantastic. Good time. <laughs>
Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.